Welcome back to our study of First and Second Samuel. This is week seven, day two. Yesterday we began a look at this chapter, chapter six, that talks about understanding God's holiness through this experience that they had with the ark. Yesterday we saw David taking God's holiness for granted, and Uzzah seeing God's holiness as common, and then David reacting to God's holiness in fear. And because of his fear, he doesn't bring the ark to Jerusalem. He puts it in the house of Obed-Edom. So then a fourth thing happens. Obed-Edom is blessed by God's holiness. In verse 11, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. It's the key teaching, really, in many ways of this whole chapter, that God's holiness brings God's blessings into our lives. Of course it does. The closer you get to God, the more you understand who God is, the more you live in his presence, the more you enjoy God's blessings. You can't enjoy God's blessings when you're running from God or holding God at arm's length. The only way to enjoy God's blessings is to live in his presence. And for you and I as followers of Jesus, we live in his presence because of the grace given to us in Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit that he sent into our lives. We don't have to go and find an ark to live in the presence of God and the holiness of God. But even as followers of Jesus, we can try to run from that. It's when we run to him that we find this blessing. And Obed-Edom found his house blessed and blessed and blessed. Now, I don't know if he wanted the ark there or not, but his king said the ark's gonna be there, and he found many, many blessings that came out of that. And David sees what happens. And because he sees what happens, he realizes, a man after God's own heart, I want those blessings as well. And so then he turns. David began this chapter taking God's holiness for granted, and then he becomes afraid of God's holiness. But now he turns and he celebrates God's holiness. That's the place we want to live. Blessed by God's holiness and celebrating God's holiness. Listen to what happens in verse 12 all the way down to verse 19. Now, King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and his entire household of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. They brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he'd finished sacrificing the burnt offering and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person and the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. So there's this great day of great celebration. And notice David has learned. It says those who were carrying the ark of the Lord. So you get the sense now they're carrying it on the poles like, like God had commanded them to. He celebrates God's holiness by doing what God told him to do. That's one of the ways we celebrate God's holiness. Doing what God tells us to do should not be a burden. It should be a celebration in our lives because it's living out who he is in this world. I understand, for me too, sometimes it can feel like a burden, but when it does, I know I've got it wrong. I'm not thinking right. It's a celebration of God's holiness to live out God's commands in our lives. Now, notice David takes this almost too far. 
When those who had carried the ark of the Lord in verse 13 had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. It doesn't say here whether it was just the first six steps or every six steps, but I get this picture. Every six steps, he made a sacrifice all the way up to Jerusalem. He wanted to make sure that he did it right this time. He celebrated God's holiness. Then the scripture says that he danced before the Lord. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. That's celebrating God's holiness. This moment of joy that he got to be in God's presence. And he just exuberantly expressed this joyfulness in God's presence. You see the celebration of God's presence in this passage in a number of ways through the sacrifices that were made. Sacrifices of bulls and sacrifices of burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Now you might think, well, that wasn't a celebration for the bulls. I understand that, but it was a celebration for the people. It was what God had told them to do because that celebration, that sacrifice looks forward to what Jesus is going to do for us one day. We don't make sacrifices like this anymore, animal sacrifices, because those animal sacrifices just look forward to the sacrifice of Jesus. And since his sacrifice has been made, we don't need those any longer. You and I, when we think of celebrating God's holiness, we celebrate his sacrifice, the gift he's given us in Jesus. And we celebrate the sacrifices that we can make for him, the offering of ourselves as a living, holy sacrifice to him. That's how you celebrate God's holiness. I love this picture in verse 19. He gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins to each person. You celebrate God's holiness through giving. Every one of them, they had their needs met that day. They celebrated this bread and the dates and the raisins. They celebrated that day that God was there, that God's presence was with them. And all the people went to their homes. What a joyful day to come together and to celebrate together who God is. You celebrate God's presence through keeping his commands. You celebrate God's presence by rejoicing in his presence. You celebrate God's presence by sacrificing, recognizing his sacrifice and sacrificing for him. You celebrate God's presence through giving, giving to others. But not everybody understood what happened that day. Not everybody understood this celebration of God's holiness. When you celebrate God's holiness, not everyone's going to get it. So McCall, David's wife, misunderstood God's holiness. In verse 16, the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, and as it was entering, Michal, daughter of David, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Verse 20, when David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to McCall, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone else from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And McCall, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Whew. That last verse, verse 23, shows how deeply serious this misunderstanding was. What she should have seen as God's holiness, she despised in her heart. What she should have seen as a celebration before God, she said, oh, you're acting undignified. You're not acting like a king. You're acting like a dancer. When you don't understand God's holiness and you see someone else celebrating it, the natural human reaction is to make fun of it because it's so foreign to you. You just don't get it. You don't get that kind of celebration. It's not a part of your life. You see another example of this in Acts chapter 2. When God's holiness came down on the day of Pentecost, 
and the people, the people of God, the apostles and all those in the upper room that day rushed out into the streets and they began to prophesy. There were many who saw the miracle that day. 3,000 were saved and baptized that day. You might remember in Acts chapter 2, there were others who, although it was early in the morning, said, oh, these people have been drinking. They're just drunk. It was one of the greatest works of God. But all they could see was their cynicism. All they could see was maybe these people are drunk. Because it was so foreign to them, all they could do was make fun of it. When you misunderstand God's holiness, when you struggle with the holiness of God in your life, you can have some very negative reactions. And I think sometimes it depends on your stage of life. I've noticed in my own life and other people's lives, when you're younger and you don't understand God's holiness, you tend to become cynical about God's holiness. You tend to make fun of it. You tend to make fun of the people of God. And because you don't understand it, you make fun of it. When you're older, you tend to become more apathetic about the holiness of God. You get sort of a been there, done that, seen that kind of a feel. In either case, you're misunderstanding the holiness of God. You're misunderstanding the greatness of God and what he is doing. And we all struggle with that at times. You may be in the midst of that struggle because you're holding God's holiness at arm's length. You're scared of it. You've become cynical about God's holiness. You've become apathetic about God's holiness. I want to invite you today. Start to celebrate it in a brand new way. Stop taking it for granted or seeing it as common. Start celebrating, enjoying the blessings of God's holiness in your life. Our Father, as we pray, we pray to you as a holy God who has a holy love for us. And we are grateful. We're grateful for who you are, the greatness of your love, the greatness of your person, the greatness of your power. And we spend a moment right now sitting in your presence, recognizing that even though we don't totally understand the depth of your love, we never will. We don't totally see the greatness of your character. We never will because we're not you, God. We get to touch it. We get to have a sense of it, not through the Ark of the Covenant like they did, but through the life of Jesus, through his miracles, through his teaching, through his death, through his resurrection, through the Holy Spirit that you've sent into our lives. So right now, Lord, let this be a holy day because we live in your holy presence. Let us invite, let us celebrate your presence in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.